your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hands it off to Minner, hit the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation, this is the KLIN Husker Hour. Right three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. That's it, got it! Underdog, and then one! Exclamation point! Now your hosts, KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholz and KLIN reporter Matt McMaster. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. I'm back after a week off. Happy to be back. Hi. Sorry. Am I, is this mic? Is this the right mic? Is this the right microphone? Sounds yeah. like sounds like the right one to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm just sure. making sure that it's got a new cover on it today. So I don't oh. typically I know yeah. which microphone's which microphone based on what the cover is. So this is kinda this is kinda new. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We're here. Yeah. About to do stuff. About yeah. to talk talk some stuff. We got a, we got a lot to get to. Uh we're obviously in the thick of hoop season. We got women's and men's hoops to talk about. Uh baseball, we are thirteen days away. From Husker Baseball, they have named captains for 2023. We'll talk about those guys uh, in a bit. Uh, we've got a lot to get to, uh, and and obviously Nebraska and and the uh, the old signing day, the February signing day, the almost irrelevant signing day, but it still kind of matters. So we'll get to all that. Hey, did did you see who won on Sunday, Matt? Did you see who won on Sunday? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean. They- I did, I, I'll, I'll save my Chiefs gear for next Saturday. Well, that's the Super Bowl. what that's what Kenny said. Kenny was like, "Why didn't you bring your like <laughs> Eagles hat?" And I was like, "It ain't it ain't the week. Next week will be the week." Look, your team won. My team won. Your team. The team that I am rooting for. Come on. The team that I'm. I literally. My I, team sucks, so I picked this playoff team. No, that's not true. I literally could name you thirty players on the Eagles because I've been watching them all year. I've been watching them all year. You can't, All year, you can't just name Jack Stoll and Cam Jurgens. No, they don't. I mean, that's a, no. I'm telling you, I can name the whole O line, the or whole D line. I no, mean, I, yeah. I, I, dude, I can name the whole D line because I'm terrified of them in this game coming up. But we not, we're not going to even Robert Super Quinn, Bowl. baby. Bears, that's bears right. breathing down your neck. Just an embarrassment of riches up front for Philly. And hey, hey I, Jordan Davis, it's ridiculous. I, I don't want to. I don't want to preview the Super Bowl. I just want to say uh, the best comparison or the best analogy that I saw post game from that. Was Nick Wright, Fox Sports. Sure. Love him. It's not Mahomes Burrow. It's not Mahomes Allen. This is not like Brady Manning where we're comparing him to somebody he's playing sure. with. He's Tiger Woods. Yeah, no. It's I mean, Mahomes you're, versus you the are, field no, now. You, yes, are, you yes. are just wrong. It's that Mahomes is the wrong, the that's the wrong game to, because if this was Cole. He is so unique. Cole. He's it's so Cole. unique. If this, if they won 45 to 13, I would, I would tell you, you know what? You're not entirely incorrect, okay? But they didn't. It was an incredibly competitive game, and he's Tiger Woods didn't lose to Sergio Garcia in important games three years for the three straight years before that either. We're not talking about. He's not Tiger Woods. It's still. It was an incredibly competitive game, which you could argue could have very easily went the Bengals' way. You're you're Mahomes talk- had one leg. You're talking about Nick Wright, a guy who he had loves his, he had Patrick his, Mahomes. He had his top four receivers out of the game. Was it was throwing incredibly passes, competitive was throwing passes game. to a practice squad scrap heap. It was receiver. it was. I'm mean, he still had Travis Kelsey out there. Okay, Travis Kelsey almost didn't play at backspasms. Okay, but he still played. Still looked great because he's Travis Kelsey. He looked great early, but they, we'll talk they about this next week. Quarter. I just can't believe that's just a dumb statement. It's just not true. I know he's your guy. He's your team. So you're going to make foolish statements like that. But he's not Tiger Woods. He's not Tiger. He's not Tiger. If you repeat it more, it makes it more true. Hey, uh, if you repeat the the class that Nebraska football brought in. You're going to be there it, for a while. <laughs> it, it will take you a while. Yeah. Uh, Nebraska is sitting uh, over 100 scholarships right now after all of the signings are now in. You have... The December period, which is really the bulk of it, and now February is more or less just kind of cleaning up. Matt Rule had a chance to talk to the media, and I, I was know, there. I know you were there, and so uh, I, I definitely want to hear your thoughts on that. We've got our Super Sixes coming up as well, but here's what I want to kind of harp on a little bit here. The Big Ten is going to be changing significantly next season. 
we've been looking at Nebraska through the lens of, hey, what is what is it that your peers are doing? And how can you catch up to what they're doing? They're they're winning more consistently than you, and and you need to catch up. What are you doing to do that? And those peers for the last 12 years in the Big Ten coming up here on 13, and then it'll all flip again, uh, those peers are your Big Ten West teams. And I guess it's only 10 years because there was legends and leaders, but you might have been, you might <laughs> I was have been around for that. I was there. Uh, so now Nebraska's going to be shifting just like everybody else is to a big 10 next season where there will not be divisions. I don't know if that's officially announced, but everybody basically a worst kept secret in next, the- next 2024. Okay. The 2024 football season, 2024, 2025 with USC, UCLA. Yes. I didn't know if you're already in the calendar oh. of ne- of, of 2023. I'm talking. So next football season is 2023. Yes. So the, the season, following, at, the following yeah. season, you're okay. with, uh, okay. yeah, we're on the same page. I like the clarification. Okay. So that will change everything. Nebraska is not just going to go against Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Illinois. Uh, Nebraska is going to be going against Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Maryland, for that matter. Maryland might have won the West last year had they Mar- been in the Maryland West. Maryland was good last year. So I they say got all, a lot back. I say all this to more. say Nebraska's peers are changing. So you need to not compare yourself to Iowa and Wisconsin anymore. That being said, that still will matter this year. But obviously, Iowa did not make a a very significant change to their offense. No, as as has uh, as has gotten the ire of a lot of Hawkeye fans. Brian Ferentz isn't going anywhere, folks, because Kirk Ferentz isn't going anywhere. But that was also the worst kept secret in college football. Wisconsin's flipping their entire offense. Yeah, I don't know how much I'm like. I I I think that changes things. Like that's just one team, and I'm sure I still don't a million percent buy that they're just going to stop running the ball after they've been dominant running the ball for the past 10 years. And by the way, it's worked in Wisconsin. Wisconsin's have had good football teams. Maybe not national championship worked, but in terms of a consistent threat in the Big Ten and in college football, it's, you know, I... They've missed the quarterback. They they've, they have. They've hit once they really with have. Wilson, I mean, I it. just I just don't I don't understand. I've never understood the Wisconsin Badgers going to the air raid type of like. I just never I've never understood that switch because you've you've been playing quarterback roulette for the last six years, trying to you know going from one mid quarterback to another. I've never I've never I'm I don't I don't buy that, and I think that. I would not be surprised in week eight if there's an ESPN game day feature about them having to change their identity back to what they were or whatever, you know, because it's just I just I think it's so dumb. But at least for them, I mean, look yourself in the mirror, Wisconsin, realize you guys have had a good program for the last 10 years. Well, it's not. It's not. Look, they they made a change and some people might not have thought they needed to, but they're making it. They didn't need to. No, but here's here's the thing. And this is how it kind of relates to Nebraska. Sure. Wisconsin's going all in on this. Yeah, absolutely. I th- I think from yeah. from the outside, and if you look back at the last set of coaches post Frank Solich, who's the qu- who's the one head coach who was going to make some sort of schematic change offensively, defensively, whatever it is? Who's the one coach that didn't do like a kind of soft transition? Who's the one coach that actually did it? And you know. Whatever whatever results be damned, he's going to take his his change and he's going to implement it right away. Who is that? It's Bill Callahan. Okay. Bo had the longest run of success, obviously, from these sure. post solo years, but he just kind of inherited the offense that he took, and then he changed coordinators, went from Sean Watson to Tim Beck, and whatever, whatever. Mike Riley kept Tommy Armstrong for two years. And and kind of roll with a hybrid offense, which they won enough to make a bowl game those first two seasons, and then everything kind of fell apart after that. Okay, where, where are you going here? Matt Rule, okay, it would appear is going to make a hard reset here. Yeah, he's flipped almost half the roster. With if if you go, you know, assuming that all of these newcomers are going to be the guys that stick around, and not a lot of the newcomers are going to be leaving post spring practice, Matt Rule appears to be doing the same thing. And I think 
for the longer term strategy, that's better for Nebraska football because you aren't going to spend a lot of time kind of figuring out, okay, how do we blend the two? You're not going to spend a lot of time kind of reteaching the offense in a year or two after the guys who were a part of last the last offense kind of worked themselves out of the system. You're you're starting it now. Yeah, you might not have the best of success in the year one, but that's not why he's here. But, but he's here to sure. build this thing Absolutely. for the long term. And the further you get from the Bill Callahan era, at least I appreciate that more about how he did that. I think what's by the way, what's the difference between a reset and a rebuild? Rebuild, that, rebuild. I, I, to me, rebuild would assume that you're rebuilding the similar type of structure, just with different parts. Sure, re- I would, but I would argue. Let me let me put it this way: for why I argue for a rebuild as opposed to a reset. What structure was in place when Matt Rule came in, other than just your players? But what structure? Like, what was the? Seriously, let's answer this question. What was the what was the identity of the Nebraska Cornhuskers for the last five years under Scott Frost? What was their identity? Not making the postseason. Yeah, but like, what, dude, it's a very shaky foundation, and incredible. I completely agree. Like, and when you bring in forty guys, thirty nine rather, yeah, I, I don't think that's a hey, we got this, and we're just kind of kind of redo it, and we're gonna go back again, and we're gonna develop players, and we're gonna reset this. No, it's it's he's building it the way he wants to build it because frankly. They recruited to to unapologetically, unapologetically, unapo- unapologetically. Yeah. You nailed it. Okay. They recruited guys that they wanted. They didn't care about star ratings. They didn't care about the outlook of things. They didn't care about measurements. They said, hey, if you got a tool or if you got something that we like, we know that we're, we have the confidence in ourselves to develop you and to make you a great player. To me, when you do that 40 times over and there wasn't really a foundation to which build upon, that's a rebuild. But regardless, regardless, he gets 40 guys. He talked at the press conference. And what I got from the press conference is we did good work, but there's still more work to be done. That was the vibe I got because he spent a lot of time. He honestly, he didn't talk specifically about Sua Leftu or DeAndre Barnes or um, you know some of the uh, Demetrius Bell. He didn't talk about, oh, we're happy to get them. Or, you know, they obviously are, but they didn't, he didn't talk about, oh, I like these traits or these traits or whatever. He really talked about the program and he talked about the team and he talked about you know what went into this process of doing it. But his, his first thing that he said was, we're not we're not done. Just because this signing period's done, we're not done. We're gonna we gotta recruit twenty twenty fours, we gotta recruit twenty twenty fives, and we got a bunch of guys here who are returning to our team that we have to evaluate and we have to put them in the best position to succeed. And to me, that is that's just his mindset of like, okay, you did one thing, we did hard work, we did one thing, we gotta do another thing. We got gotta do another thing. And it just never stops for him. And it never it's it's he's got this culture of we're not done. We're never done, and we're going to keep going. And he said, look, my, my favorite quote from it is like, going to eight schools in a day in the, in the state of Nebraska, that's the bare minimum. It's the bare minimum. He goes, I don't want to be celebrated for hard work. We're supposed to work hard. He goes, we're making a lot of money. We're doing a lot. We're supposed to do that. And like, they got DeAndre Barnes. I wrote it in an article. They got DeAndre Barnes. The reason why they got DeAndre Barnes quarterback out of Colorado was because Marcus Satterfield was in Colorado and passed up a high school. He didn't even know about the high school. Wasn't even planning on visiting the high school. Calls the high school's football coach. Says, hey, you got anybody? You got anything? Can I come by? Can can we talk? He goes, yeah. And he goes, the high school coach goes, hey, I got this guy. I don't think he's being really recruited. His name's DeAndre Barnes. He sends it to Rule. Rule goes, yep, we had, that's the type of guy we want. Offered him. He signed. Like, that's just, it, it's, he is he is setting up a culture of, we are going to get things done, and we are going to do things right, and we are not above anybody because we coach at Nebraska, because we have this pedigree that allows us to coach at one of the best football universities in the history of college football. I feel like there was an attitude. I, I, I don't know if you got it, but I felt like, in and not just the past, the one right 
before rule, but even ones before that, where there was a little bit of a puffing of the chest. There was a little bit of like, yeah, we coach at Nebraska, you know, and, and we we know what we're doing and we got it, you know, and rule is like, no, 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 we, we coach. We coach. We just coach at Nebraska now. And we're going to do things the same way we did it at Temple and the same way we did it at Baylor. And you know what? The way they did it at Temple and the way they did it at Baylor worked. Yeah. It worked. It did. And, and so one, that's the attitude I got for the yeah. press conference. Yeah. No, I, that's good. And, and one, one thing on this, uh, and then we got to get to our, our first break here. We'll get to our Super Sixes uh, right after that. There has been a little bit of discussion with the coaches who have spoken to the media, and I, I don't know if they've gotten through ever, but I don't think they have. Wager no. and McGuire haven't talked. No. Um, I want to go to the, I haven't been to the assistant coaches press conferences, but I want to go to Wager's a lot. My, Michael, wanna... Michael Brunts calls it the Noah's Ark of, of press conferences. They're doing them two by two. <laughs> they are. Um, so That's funny. The, the thing that I want to, to be careful with is when, when the coaches say, yeah, we're going to get this program back to where it deserves to be back where it belongs. Like that's a red meat type of statement, but that can also give folks a sense of entitlement. I agree. And that is part of what you described just a minute sure. ago where coaches just say, hey, we're at Nebraska. We've done this before. Like Scott yeah. Frost, we've done this before. Yeah. I know what to do and we're going to do it again and it's going to work like that part of it. I want to avoid. And I think these coaches are, are smart enough to avoid that. They have been, and because because if Ed Foley thought that he wouldn't have gone out to to Battle Creek, you know, Nebraska, and like you right. know, talk to a high school that frankly hasn't really produced like the great, you know, you know, I'm just you know, I'm just Even, saying, yeah, not, nothing against Battle Creek or any of those smaller schools, but there are some schools he's going to talking to these coaches who don't right have now. the pedigree, yeah. you know, that yeah. produce talent. They're they're doing the work, exactly. Even if they are going to 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 have a little bit of that sense of entitlement because of the end on their chest or the, on their hat. Sure. They're still doing the work at a rate that I don't remember seeing. And and obviously it's a it's probably a by design type of thing, like, hey, let's be very deliberate, let's be very transparent, let's show everybody our work. Yeah. Uh teaching third graders math in my home. Like that's you need to show your work, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're showing their work. And that's the part that is getting everybody excited about the future. I just don't want the entitlement thing to get in the way because that's been that that kind of permeated through the frost era and that was problematic a little bit because it, there 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 was there was a sense that hey this is our birthright it's yeah. not it's not something there was that, yeah. there was yeah. there was so, so that's it, yeah. and real quick when we get to this break i would say i am excited for the next recruiting class because of the amount of effort that this recruiting that this staff put into this recruiting class in just 2 months mm-hmm. yeah, you they're, know they're going to have a chance to be a little bit choosier they'll be able to set more of a they will. And, and, and and i've always and i've always said high. it i've always said if you're going to compete with the michigans and Ohio State you got to have top 10 classes and this is like 29th overall but the yeah. fact that they started from basically nothing but 2 months could go and got what they got Quite incredible. Absolutely. All right. Our Super Sixes are coming up. We've got a lot to talk to uh, with basketball. Men's, women's, some good, some bad. Uh, and, and baseball, just 13 days away. We're covering it all here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. One of the things that's kind of gotten lost in the early signing period is just how much fanfare there used to be around this week for for college football fans, especially Nebraska fans. I, I don't know if you remember this because you're you know young, like twenty. But this, do you remember how big a deal the Febu- the first Wednesday of February used to be for Nebraska football? No, I would no, not for Nebraska football. Well, uh, well Northwestern football. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no. I don't come from a college. They football still don't town. care about. They still don't. Yeah. No. So this, I mean, it obviously, if you think about it, everybody signing on the first Wednesday of February. This was like everything building. Nobody was signed. Sure, you, you were. You still didn't having, know. No one knew anything. Is he going to flip? Like there were yeah, some. There were yeah. some flips. Now and, the reporting yeah. is just ridiculous. Yeah. That Yep. And ridiculous in a good way. I'm not criticizing the reporting. It's well, just you, you get there's, like just 80, so, there's just so much money and so much time and so many great like journalists now that are invested in the recruiting of these high schoolers where signing day to me, I'm like, all right, 
I literally, I literally wasn't that. I when it was like signing, when I was like, oh yeah, signing day is coming up. I was like, well, we already know who we're getting, you know. Well, because eighty five percent of the class is already signed in December. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that is true too. That that's the big change, obviously, and sure. and and so this week used to be a holiday. <laughs> I'm not like it used to be a like you had everything that Wednesday morning you had all your message boards you had sure. all your your Ugh, you know whichever recruiting gross. sites up and you're you're in a, you're you're trying to find out okay which one of these guys has has sent in their facts <laughs> that's and, funny i mean that's well people now it's, it's not like, that long ago well people now look at the student directory which is the the craziest thing yeah. when they're looking for like these transfers or like whatever like oh is their name in the directory i'm like are you kidding me we're looking through the student directory now which has been a, a little bit misleading because there's been guys who have literally enrolled in four different schools because you want to make sure you get your paperwork in yeah. depending on where you end up going and he only goes to one uh, well, that's that what happened with uh darnay, darnay holmes actually new york giants darnay holmes uh did that with nebraska usc and a couple others ended up going mm-hmm. to usc but um yeah malik hornsby that's that's right did he, did he where'd he end up going i don't remember uh texas texas yeah uh texas state texas state texas state yeah okay. he's gonna play because he was he recruit- wants to play quarterback quarterback there yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay hey all right so uh super sixes this was this was the other thing that that used to be like a thing and it didn't used to include transfers we're going to include transfers uh maybe your your website of choice does not do that maybe it's still all high schoolers whatever this is my show this is matt's show we're going to do it our way we're giving you our top six and a sleeper of any of these newcomers in this class of 2023 under matt rule there's a very small handful of guys who were held over from Scott Frost's staff and Mickey Joseph uh, as well, and we're gonna we're gonna run down our one through six and our sleeper. I think there's one guy, two guys that we have similar. Other than that, I don't think. I think uh, I, I went a little outside the box. One, I, I think pretty you much think everybody's one? gonna have one. Okay, and I don't know where you have that so, person. So my we'll first, go, let's, yeah, you go oh, number oh, one. My number one guy. Is MJ Sherman? Oh my goodness! My number one is MJ Sherman. Okay, now now this is the one. This is yeah. what I was talking about. Oh, okay, this is the one. This okay. is the one. This is the one. And and uh, there is this great study, this academia study, yeah. which uh, took people from Harvard and took people from literally every other school, and they tried to see what the graduation rate amongst Harvard kids to like all these other schools were in like law. Okay, yeah. and they found out. That the Harvard kids, the the top quartile, the second quartile, and the third quartile, they all graduated at the same rate as all of the other schools. 75% of Q1 graduated, 75% of Q2 graduated, 25% of, or 50, and then 25% of Q3. And not just Harvard, all the schools. And the reason why they discovered that, even though that Harvard students who are like in Q3 are as smart as some schools' Q1 guys, is because the... Harvard students amongst each other, if you were in Q3 in Harvard, even though you're smarter than most people, you were amongst Harvard people, mm. and you lost your confidence, and it just was tough for you, and like, comparing yourself to that high level of a student... Everything's relative. You know? Yeah. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't the long view, it was the short view of like, well, I can't do this because the person that I'm next to is so smart, like, I'm not going to be able to survive in this world, or whatever. MJ Sherman experienced that at the University of Georgia. I was wondering where you tied it back. In that offensive in that outside linebacker edge group i mean georgia it was just not for just this year but just every year just stacked i mean that is their best room every single season that olb that edge room and he had injuries and 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 he was getting passed up a little bit and he i think lost his confidence because he's a really good player i mean he's got one of the best tapes that i've ever seen yet he never, he barely got opportunities. He got on the field, but he barely got opportunities. He's going to come to Nebraska and he's going to immediately fill Caleb, Tan- Caleb Tanner's role. Immediately. And I think he's going to gain his confidence back and I think he's going to make an immediate impact on this defense. I, this is very on brand for me just because I've been railing on this show for eight years that Nebraska needs a pass rusher again. To, to really find a way to win, you know, have winning seasons. Randy Gregory's the last guy. I mean, you've had flashes from Gary yeah. Nelson, Luke Gifford, Caleb Tanner at times, but it's 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 just not been consistent over the course of a year or multiple years. And but I, Sherman is definitely watching his tape. He's definitely more of a linebacker than he is a true edge. He can do both. Right. He's got that versatility. Right. And and he 
he was highly rated for a reason. Yeah. And, and you hope that Matt Rule's staff is, is going to be able to unlock that. They've certainly done that at Baylor and Temple. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree. MJ Sherman, I, I think, is, is my number one as well. How about that? Okay. Who's your, who's your number two? My number two is Malachi Coleman. Okay. I have him at six. Okay. All right. I was going to be really weirded out if we had a uh, number one and number two exactly the same. So no. Malachi, for obvious reasons, uh, is is going to make this list. You you need him to hit if you're if you're Matt Rule. In I don't think you need him to hit. Look, he's he's you have the local kid angle. Sure, yes. you have the okay highly, from the optics. Yes, you agreed, have the highly agreed. rated the highly rated recruit with raw talent. You need to prove that you can develop that raw talent with a high profile player. You also have the, hey, we beat out this school, this school. You got to show that you can take on these name brands and make yeah. it work. Um, so there, there are multiple angles that, that Malachi is, is going to either reinforce the good narrative or he's going to spawn the bad narrative, whether or not he is a four-year impact player for Nebraska, maybe honorable mention or second team sure. or all Big Ten if you if you allow the, yourself. The reason why I have about six is is two reasons. First off, you have six wide receivers. So I think immediately the the, the his value just because if Malachi doesn't hit, well you do also have five other guys. You have a right? lot of those guys on the field at once. Exactly. So that's why he was taken away just a little bit. And I also think with Malachi in particular, he could be a D end. He could be a tight end. He he could be yeah. a wide like I don't I truthfully do not could not tell you what position he is going to play. Right now he would say unequivocally, if we were talking to him, he would say, Oh, I'm gonna be a wide receiver. I don't know. I think he's got a great tight end build, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. So like and also too, there still is that question where he hasn't really played against top cornerback competition until very recently, the, the Under Armour Bowl, the, the, the Polynesian Bowl. You know, but it, just overall, I, I just think there's a couple of raw talent, great size, great speed, a good frame, but there's just still, you know, small question marks where I'm not fully going to jump in and be like, all right, you know. Yeah. But I agree with you in terms of the name brand Nebraska kid optic standpoint yeah they absolutely want and need Malachi to be what he can be and he has the potential to be a superstar yeah so he's your number six who's he's your number, number two Cam Lenhart okay I God I love Cam Lenhart just uh, watching it he is you got, at, you got linebacker big. D line right back he's to back. athletic he was covering guys in the slot in his high school tape which is ridiculous he's like six four 205 pounds or 220 pounds like he's a massive human being, and he's so athletic. He's so nimble. I think he might play his freshman year. Six three two fifty two fifty on Oscar twenty. I can't believe I said two oh five. Well, I mean that's dumb. Two fifty. He's a massive human being, but he's so quick. He's he's. I mean, I think that he has the potential to not start, but I think he could get snaps yeah. this season. Yeah. That's how good he looks on tape. He pops, man. And he played at IMG. He played, like we said, with Sua left to. He wasn't playing high school football. He was playing college football light. <laughs> That's what he was. He was going up against Power 5 guys all the time. All the time. Yeah. And was just explosive. Who's your number three? Okay, I'm going to put three and four together. Okay. I got the uh, Arlington Martin boys. Oh, okay. Now, here's why. I, I put Jeremiah it, Charles and Ishmael Smith-Flores. I put Ishmael Smith-Flores one, and I put Charles or Ishmael Smith's floor is above Charles. Okay. And really the pairing of them together is because these are just super athletes. They are raw. They're incredibly athletic. They have good frames. They're strong, but they also are fast. They can get up. And I really just like the idea of, okay, these are the athletes that you have who have played one year of football and they were good enough in that one year of football that they played for a power five program to say, yes, we want those guys. And not only just any power five football program, but a program that prioritizes development and prioritizes getting raw players better. And then you couple in that, that Bob Wager, the coach that convinced them to play football is also now at Nebraska, the program that they're at. I think it's a match made in heaven for both of them. The reason why I put Smith Flores ahead of Charles is because Flores is in the same room as Wager. Wager's going to be his coach once again. I think that'll be great for Smith Flores in a crowded tight end room, but I think eventually he's going to be emerge as that pa pass-catching priority. 
Okay. Um, number three for me, Eric Fields. I like that. 100% on the strength of how geeked up Matt Rule is when he talks yes. about him. I, I, I totally agree. Just he He's the athletic profile they like. He obviously is not going up against the greatest of competition in high school in Oklahoma. Uh, but but they're just, I mean. He's another guy who he might be, he might play. He yeah. might play linebacker yeah. position. I mean, we saw it last year. It's not uncommon for freshmen to play linebacker right away. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and they really, really, I mean, they were happy to get him. They were happy to get him. I mean, Rule said, wait till you see this Fields kid. I mean, he's literally said that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then my number four, uh, Maverick Noonan. Another in-state I like kid. that. Legacy commit opportunity to play on that defensive line because I don't know who they're going to play on the defensive line this year. I don't think Maverick Noonan necessarily steps into a, a, a starting or even a, a backup role, but they they just don't have a lot of material to work with on the defensive line. So there is a lot of opportunity, by the way, uh, top-notch name. If, if your name is Maverick, just great <laughs> job. Good for you. Uh, so Maverick Noonan, uh, that, that's uh, my number. So four. who do you got? Who do you got left? Uh, number five, Ben Scott. Okay. Oh, not dang gonna, it. He's look. He's not going to be here for that long. Scott. But well, that's fine. Dude, there's like there's like there's like seventy three players. There in this is class. there is true. Ben Scott's got twenty plus games experience from Arizona State. He plays at a position that you you really just need to have very solid if you're going to be able to succeed doing anything on offense. And so you you have uh, a center for your twenty twenty three season. Um, and, and then you, you know, you figure out the rest from there. Obviously they have some, uh, some, some slotting and some pieces to work with figuring out where those other guys go on the yeah. line. Yeah, they do. They still, I mean, losing Rouse, terrible, man. They did it. They had Rouse. You'd be, you'd feel so good about that offensive line. Yeah. And, and I've got six. You want to get your number five first? Billy Camp. Billy Camp. Yeah. He's just going to walk into a, you know, only one year left, but he's just going to walk into a situation where he can be the number one guy right away. I mean, and he has the ability and, and he got just mangled up in injuries last year. But when healthy, he's a guy that can be on the outside. He could be in the slot. He catches yeah. a lot of passes. He's good speed. I think he's just going to in a very good situation. I think he's in a situation where he can contribute immediately. And that's really difficult to get in the transfer portal, I think. Yeah. All right. Let's take these home. We'll summarize this after uh, we're done here, and then we'll get our break. Uh, my number six, kicker Tristan. Yeah, Alvano. I was thinking about doing that. I was thinking about doing that. He's gonna. I mean, he's gonna play for five years. He's gonna play for five. Well, you think? I mean, he's still got to. Well, he can't with play team. for five years anymore. He can be here for five or years. four. Yeah. Four. Yeah. No. No. He's look super clutch in that championship game. Everybody remembers that. And if you have a good kicker, it wins you one or two games a year. It's cost Nebraska one or two games a year. Not just at kicking, but special teams in general, but specifically at kicker. Absolutely. 2019, they went through six guys. Uh, finally found Matt Waldock at the end who didn't miss. But, it, I mean, it was just a, it was just a journey. And, and when you have a good kicker, it can, it can shorten the field for you. It doesn't put as much pressure on the offense. It doesn't put as much pressure on the defense because you have more points. Uh, Tristan Alvano is going to be hugely important to Nebraska's future. I like that. My si- uh, Are we doing sleepers right you now? You already know. Yeah, so your number six is Malachi. So yeah, give me your sleeper. Bryce Turner. Yeah. Okay. Super fast. His his hundred meter dash ten two five. Do you know where that ranks in NCAA track right now? It's pretty up there. It's seventeenth, or actually tied for sixteenth fastest in NCAA track. Yeah, that's not just we're not just talking. We're talking track. We're talking track guys are typically way. Not way faster, but like just have that extra oomph yeah, in yeah. terms of speed because that's what they do. He's a track guy. Yeah. And, and they are going to, honestly, honestly, he's another guy where he's raw and he hasn't played a ton of football. But, you, you know, so you expect them to redshirt him. But if he goes out and he has a good spring, he could play fresh his his freshman year. Just put him in jet sweeps. Just give him the ball and let him run. I mean, that's how fast he is. I mean, he is blazing. And if... They can just get him to run a couple routes and get the, a good feel and awareness for the game. He could be so effective just because of his speed. I mean, you watch a guy with that type of speed with Tyreek Hill. I mean, you, you've seen how effective that's been. I mean, if you're just faster than everybody else, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And Bryce Turner is one of those guys who's just that and will continue to get faster because he's only 18. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, my sleeper. So I'm going to take you back to when this signing day in February mattered. And this is this is 2018. 
Scott Frost's first season. It's signing day. Guy has not announced where he's going. Going to play defensive back. And he was definitely a sleeper because nobody really saw him coming. And one of the guys, they had, they had like four or five guys who said yes that day and signed, but Cam Taylor Britt. Sure. Class of 2018, three-star, not heralded at all. Was, was after, he was an afterthought when he did sign on signing day because Maurice Washington was among those is it, Is this sleeper? Is he the best in the nation? No. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be Eric Nation. No. Ethan. Ethan, Ethan Nation. Nation. No, Eric no. Fields. Um, signing day. DeAndre Barnes. Oh, dope. Like it. Just out of nowhere. Who knows? No reason. Why not? Just screw I, it. Cam Taylor Britt. Hey, it's too bad he's watching the Super Bowl from his couch. This, yeah. This, he this, played really good, too. Really good rookie season for the Bengals. Uh, so to summarize, I'll go, you go. MJ Sherman, Malachi Coleman, Eric Fields, Maverick Noonan, Ben Scott, Tristan Alvano, and sleeper DeAndre Barnes. We got Sherman, Len Hart. Smith Flores, Charles, Billy Camp, Malachi Coleman, Bryce Turner. I really like Bryce Turner. I really do. I almost put him on the list. Wasn't even a sleeper. And that's how fast that guy is. Pretty fast. Very fast. Pretty fast to be a sleeper. Well, that's what that's what uh, Rule said when he was talking about the class. They were like, hey, yep. what's the one thing? He's like, well, I like everybody for who they are. But boy, Lloyd, Coleman, <laughs> Turner. I mean, they have a four by four team. They're, <laughs> Seriously, they're, they're going to have a chance to run uh, some some pretty terrifying four verts. Really, when you get those guys on. Really, the all right. Uh, we want to get to uh, a little bit of hoops when we come back. Nebraska women hung on, got the dub. Uh, Nebraska men, not as good a story to tell. They've got. Uh, <sighs> we got to talk about Nebraska basketball and Fred Hoiber when we come back here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Matt? Yes. Cole? We gotta talk about Fred Hoiberg. Can we talk about the women first? Yeah, let's talk about the women. Let's first. do the women first. Let's talk about Izzy Bourne. She's great. So she obviously led Nebraska with 20 points in that win over Michigan State as, as the Huskers just held on for dear life. What did, how much was Nebraska winning by at some point? 17? It was like 21. 21. So here's a lot. I, the, the part at the very end that impressed me. So Izzy Bourne, 50% free throw shooter, and was one for five from the free throw line in this particular game. And Nebraska's inbounding with just a two-point lead. And she calls for the ball in the backcourt. She goes and gets it, and she stands there. She's like, come at me. And gets the foul, and she goes to the line and just swishes both of them. And the Huskers hold on to win. You have Michigan State kicking out their legs on three-point attempts. And, and yeah, they, they, were, they, they fought valiantly trying to get back in the game. And that's an important win for the Huskers because Michigan State's basically in that same tier of teams. You know, on the bubble... In the same area of the net rankings, you're 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 at home if you're Nebraska. So that that game would have counted more for Michigan yeah. State had they won it. Uh, but I mean, Nebraska, you had to hold serve at home, and and they did just that. Do you know what this team is tough, young, and yes, young, young mm-hmm. very young. Yeah, Jazz Shelley Jr. Widener, who's going to be a very key player over the next couple of years, hurt sophomore. Kalen Hake, freshman. Moriarty, sophomore. Annika Stewart, sophomore. Kendall Coley, sophomore. Bourne, junior. Markowski, sophomore. Maddie Kroll, sophomore. Maggie Mendelson, freshman. Or fr- yeah, freshman, yeah. I mean, it's just, it is an incredibly talented team. They are a well-coached team. But at points, you see how young they are. You see that there are times where they don't really, you know, they, they, they crumble. I wouldn't say crumble, but they, they falter under the pressure of trying to close out the game. They make some mistakes where you're like, well, if you were senior or junior, you'd know a little bit better. You make, you contest on a foul, you contest on a shot that maybe you shouldn't contest on, and it's going to be a layup anyway, and it turns into an and one. You, on offense, if things aren't going well on defense, which they weren't, you start going stagnant. You let each possession affect you, and you don't start with a clean slate. One of the best things that I've ever heard about Chris Paul was that Chris Paul doesn't try try to win the game. He tries to win every possession. Every possession, Chris Paul is 
he just wants to win it. He just wants to win that possession, and then it's a new possession, it's a new game, the next one, win that possession. And there are young teams who struggle to do that because they they just haven't been in those situations enough to recognize, hey, we can't let this last three-pointer that was made affect how we play. Now, that last three-pointer, it can affect the other team. The other team can get a little bit momentum and start believing themselves, but we can't allow that to affect us and how we play. And I think sometimes that happens, which is why you see teams just go on runs so much so as they do against this uh, this Nebraska team. But they are young, and they are talented, and they have, by the time most of these women are seniors and juniors, they're going to have a lot of experience under them, and they are going to be able to enter situations like Michigan State where they're up big, and then Michigan State finally starts hitting their shots. They're going to be able to say, you know what, we're not going to let that affect us, and we're going to shut it down immediately. Yep. Seven games left for the women, and four of them are against ranked teams. Yeah, so they, they play such a tough schedule. I mean, big, it's yeah, crazy. I mean, yeah, if you're, you're Big Ten, I mean, it, it's it's, it's even like tougher that. than the men, though, in terms of yeah. competition, in terms of well, there's relative competition to what you're you're facing. The the men's hierarchy is like Purdue one, and then like a group. A group of teams is like down here at number yeah, two. Hit that your was, mic. Make sure you know where your hand's going. Zach Eady over here. Northwestern at one point was is. Northwestern was probably the second best team in the Big Ten, and then they've they've dropped two in a row. So Big Ten men is crazy. Yeah, crazy. The, the the women. What I what I mean to say is the women's sure. hierarchy is a little bit more balanced at the top, and there's more of a there there are more there are more teams that are challenging for like well, those upper seats. You got on the women's side: Iowa, Maryland, Ohio State, Indiana, Michigan, all ranked. Illinois too. And yeah, and they and they're they're going to play. Yeah, they're going to play Illinois twice. Twice. Yeah. So and then also too, they've played Kansas, who was undefeated when they did it. Big one. And they they played Virginia Tech. So yeah. I mean, they've just went through a buzzsaw of a schedule. I mean, the fact that they are they're thirteen and nine, honestly, kind of impressive. Not that like you know, so it's going to be tough. I think their last four in right now in ESPN bracketology. If yeah, I'm, they, they are unless they've updated it from earlier um, in the week. But regardless, I mean, the schedule that they've played, I think it's impressive that they've won the, the amount of games that they have. And thinking they thinking they didn't have Sam Hybe and getting her back, uh, then well, losing they Allison Weiner. Oh, yeah, losing Weiner. I, I mean, I said coming into the season that I thought Allison Weiner was the most important player on the team, and now they lose her. And it, and it's let me tell you this: that run that Michigan State went on to nearly send that game in overtime, I say with a million percent confidence would not have happened if Allison Widener was playing because she is the type of player where if your offense is struggling and you're not getting into your sets and it's just everything is kind of falling apart, you can give her the ball and just say, hey, keep us above water. Go and, go and get two points. Go and draw a foul. Make, make things for other players. She is the type of player, and I was hoping that she would have had that opportunity this year to do so, and she did when Hybe was out, but then she gets that injury fairly early in this, I mean, December she got, you know, hurt. I mean, even before they really got into the Big Ten schedule, they didn't have her. So, losing her has been massive, but if they go, they win the games that they're supposed to win, and they, they hit, they got four ranked games left, they beat one more ranked opponent, beat Minnesota, beat Northwestern, so you're going... Three and four over the next seven. Two of those ranked, two of those four ranked games are at home. Yeah. You know, yeah. Three of those, you go three and four and you just only lose the ranked games and you picked up one ranked victory against either Michigan, both Illinois games and Iowa. You get one of those. I think they're in. They're in. Doesn't mean they're a good, they're a high seed, but they're just in the tournament, which I think isn't important for them. You know who would like to be in? Nebraska men. They're, well, they're not they're, going to every, everyone. Everyone would like to be in. They're very, very far away from in. They've on, they're on a four game losing streak. Uh, they, they've they had this stretch where they had three of four on the road after getting that win over Ohio State, and it was an important stretch. Nebraska was ten and nine after getting that win over Ohio State, uh, and three and five in the Big Ten, and now they're th- they're three and nine, and you're still looking at eight more games. And yeah, granted, most of those are at home. You got five of these last eight in Pinnacle Bank Arena, but no Juwan Gary, no Emmanuel Bandamel, and it. Sam Griesel scores 15 points in the first half against Illinois, and 
You had the stretch where Nebraska makes a 9 nothing run. You hit three three-pointers in the span of 47 seconds to take the lead in front of a stunned Illinois crowd who they couldn't hit the broadside of a barn to start no, that I second half. Couldn't. And then it completely flipped right after that. Nebraska only scored six points in the last 12 minutes of game time. And look, the way that the way that Nebraska plays, even even when they had Juwan Gary and Manuel Bandamel, you had to play tough defense, you had to rebound, and you had to take care of the ball. Nebraska had 13 turnovers in the second half of that game at Illinois. You can't do that. You're not you're not going to win games if you're turning the ball over nine times. Not this team, at least. This team can't. At a bare minimum, you have to take care of the ball. Value possessions, you have to get a shot up. Even if it's a even if it's a mediocre shot, even if it's not the look that Fred Hoiberg wants, you have to get a shot up on your possessions. And and when when you're turning the ball over, when when you're just not able to to value those possessions and you don't have as many scoring options and you're playing a lot of young guys, Sam Hoiberg is starting. Hey, don't say it like that. He's been playing great. He's been he, playing he scored great. fifteen points the other. That's great. He's playing great. But I guarantee you there are not a lot of Sam Hoiberg starting games this season for NCAA tournament teams. Okay. At the beginning, this is starting at the Big Ten, the start of the Big Ten season. I'm going to read you some numbers, okay? Okay. 21, 29, 40, 19, 37, 23, 34, 29, 30, 23, okay? Okay. What, What is that? What do you think that is? Let me read you another number. Read you is, another that their, number. is that their free throw let me, percentages? Let me, let, me read you an- <laughs> let me read you another number. 4122152105. Number of offensive rebounds? So that is, that is Derek Walker's minutes okay. to Derek Walker's personal fouls. Uh, the point is, is that I feel like every other game, one of the best players in the Big Ten is just, he's always in foul trouble. I, it's just... Not always, but too much. Too much for what this team needs. Too much from what this team needs for him. He played 23 minutes against Illinois. You're not going to win a game. Fouled out. If he's playing 23 minutes a game. He played 19 minutes the first time they played Illinois. Because he got into foul trouble incredibly early. He played 23 minutes against Ohio State. I know Fred talks about the ticky-tack fouls and all that stuff. And I guess I'm addressing that comment. When he's consistently doing it, I, I, I know that, I think he's right. There are some fouls that definitely Derek Walker doesn't get called, and there are some fouls where Derek Walker's just being aggressive and he gets called on. Mm. But Derek Walker needs to play, and he's got to stop getting into foul trouble. And he also he had six turnovers mm. against Illinois. And the game before that, he had five turnovers. And the game before that, he had five turnovers. And the game before that, three, and then four. I mean, Derek Walker needs to play. And he, and he can't be the guy turning the ball over because he's so important because he has the ball so much. Yeah. So I think he's had an incredible season. And I think it's unfair a little bit what I'm saying because it's expected for him to do so much in order for them to win games. But Derek Walker can't be turning the ball over that much and he can't be foul, you know committing as many fouls as he can if this team is going to win games. Is he the reason they're not going to not winning games? Absolutely not. The farthest thing from it. But if they are going are they going to win two, more than two games the rest of the season? Do you th- do you, let's honest question. Do you think this team, let me read, at or they already played Illinois. So Penn State at home at Michigan at home, Wisconsin, at Rutgers. Rutgers are really good this year. At home, Maryland, at home, Minnesota, at home, Michigan State, at Iowa. I think you set the line at two. Because they play Minnesota. Two and a half. Minnesota, two and a half, sure. With Minnesota, Wisconsin at home. Those are the most winnable games left in the schedule. You pick one more off, that's three. Look, that's a low, low bar. It's a low bar. It's um, 13 wins on the season. We're running We're running short on time. I just want to get this in. With Derek Walker, what's the number one ability in any sport? Availability. Availability. you got to stay on the floor. He's got to. And, look, and it's, but like I say, coaches, I feel like it's unfair because yeah. he's so good at basketball. He's so good at basketball. But he can't. he cannot be 
fouling. He just cannot be. And he cannot be turning the ball over six times. But it's like, also, too, it's like Derek Walker, I feel like every game could go into the locker room and be like, help me. Help me help you. Help me help you. All right, help Jerry. me All right, Jerry. help you. you had, okay? You had me at hello. One more thing on this. So that Illinois game, Nebraska outshot Illinois 52-38% to 38% in the first half. They were losing by one. Why? Because Illinois made the same number of shots because they had eight more second chance points. They got more rebounds. Nebraska turned it over more. And so that that's... You have to keep possession. You have to value possession. You have to get your shots up. You can't afford to not get a shot up on a possession if you're Nebraska basketball right now. Whether that's Jamarcus Lawrence, Denham Dawson, Sam Hoiberg, I don't care. You didn't get a shot up. Period. End of story. Uh, we're going to postpone the Fred conversation to another day because we're just... We, we always can. <laughs> There's always, that's a conversation we can always have. Fred, l- l- let, me, let me tell you, Fred, Fred is going to have that conversation with Trev Alberts. Well, let's just, be, end, let's just say it right now. We can talk about it next week. Does he keep his job? I'm on team. Definitely does keep his job. What are you? Until next week? Until next year. I'm leaning no. Really? All right. We'll, we'll, we'll tune in next that. week to oh. find out. Then we'll go in deeper conversation. Same bat time, same bat channel. We're wrapping up the show next after this. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio. 1499.3 KLIN. We are 13 days away from Nebraska baseball 2023 and earlier this week Matt yes 2023 captains were unveiled not 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 really surprising Griffin Everett Shea Shanneman Kyle Perry Bryce Matthews Efri Cervantes big standard big, big roster flip on this team there's a lot of on the there's a lot end. of names that you will learn as the season goes on but you're you're your main contributors, those names at the top, those are your guys. Those are your guys you're going to lean on. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Shannon and Perry in the in the pitching staff. The be- and well, well, to be honest, I mean, what I'm gonna what I'm saying isn't like revolutionary, but because um, that's kind of how it's how it works in um, baseball. But the back end of this team, so your juniors and seniors and grads, those are different. But mm-hmm. for the most part, your freshmen and sophomores, and those sophomores part of an incredible class, top twenty five mm-hmm. last year. I, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. You got Bryce Matthews, Max Anderson holding up the infield. You got veteran pitchers. You got the guy from uh, Wichita State who was their Saturday starter, uh, basically their ace, um, Jace Kaminska. You know, he's really going to help them with the pitching. It's, um, let me put it this way. I think just baseball in general, unless you're in the SEC, you don't really know how your season's going to go. Yeah. And and I think that I am more encouraged about this roster this year than I was last year. Yeah, it's a good place to be. Uh, Husker women in action on Monday night. That one's at home uh, against Northwestern. Nebraska men play tomorrow uh, at home. That's against Penn State. That's uh, a possible win for Nebraska men, uh, so hopefully they can pull it out. Uh, hey, uh, real quick, our first show, we had Mike Schaefer. Part oh, of the yes. first show. Yes. Um, his dad passed away this week. Um, our uh, our condolences over to the Absolutely. Schaefer family. Uh, hopefully uh, everything's uh, going as well as can uh, with uh, the Schaefer family here this week. Uh, hey, that's it. Uh, you've got a lot of hoops this weekend and next week. We'll be back next week on Saturday to wrap it all up. Ayo. Go Big Red. <laughs>